of song. When I grow up, I want to sing just like you ladies. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Who would have thought that we would come to church this morning and be challenged to be like Sally Shyster the dog? <laughs> that was great, Brother Randy. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Oh, yeah, Sister Lauren, will you be my water lady just in case? <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm still struggling a bit with my voice, so thank you for your patience. Yesterday I taught on wisdom out of Proverbs. What proverb did you read or will you read today? Proverbs 9. All right. It's August 9th, so we will read or already have read Proverbs 9. That's my challenge to you is to read a proverb a day. And the beginning of wisdom is the, the fear of the Lord, knowing who God is and respecting him and, and loving him and following his ways. So we can just learn so many things from Solomon and from Proverbs, from wisdom. Today I want to teach out of Daniel and use him as a, an example None of us on this team coordinated with one another what we were teaching or preaching or sharing, but hopefully you will see some, some interconnection and some themes running through and see how God puts things together as we teach and preach. When I was studying this message and, and reading about Daniel, I just began to think about some of the heroes of the faith and I was just thinking, God, I can't wait to meet them when I get to heaven. You know, won't it be so much fun to, to meet Daniel and sit down with them and ask him a few more questions and tell me more about your story and thinking about Paul and, and Peter and, and Moses and of course, we think about our loved ones that have gone before. Can't wait to see my mom and dad and different ones. But two weeks ago, I went to a funeral of a 59-year-old man that I didn't even know. But I knew his wife. She's a dear friend of mine. So I went to love her and, and support her. By the end of that memorial service, I was saying, God, I can't wait to get to heaven and meet Billy Ray, the, the gentleman that was memorialized. She, his wife, got up and gave his testimony and it was such a blessing to me. I just want to share a little bit of it with you. And I think when you hear his testimony, you will say, I can't wait to get to heaven and meet Billy Ray. He was a bad dude when he was growing up, ended up in prison, and he was so mean and so bitter and so angry that he just didn't want to have anything to do with God. And every once in a while, another inmate would say, Billy Ray, come and go to chapel with us. And he'd say, I'm not interested in church or God or religion. I don't want to have anything to do with that. But then one day he said, okay, I'll go to chapel. So the, the prison guards lead him into the chapel. He has handcuffs on, chained to his waist, chains on his feet and he he told his wife he said we call that prison jewelry <laughs> and they they take him in and he sits down listens to the chaplain for a while then he stands up and just screams at him i'm not going to scream because of my throat 
when he says, if you love this God so much, are you willing to die for him? Loud and ugly. Scared the preacher so bad, he ran out of the church, ran out of the chapel. Needless to say, church was over for the day. <laughs> Guards came and took him back to his cell. He gets in his cell, looks out this one little window of his cell. God, if you were so real, prove yourself to me. Suddenly, his room was filled with the brightest light that he ever imagined. He knew it was God. He hit his knees hit his face and gave his life to God right then and there, became a new creature, a new man, was never the same again. Suddenly, he was gentle and loving and soft-spoken and kind. When he got out of prison, he began prison ministry himself, would visit the local jails where he lived and was like a, a teddy bear. He was so gentle. Told everyone about Jesus. At his memorial service, there must have been 15 or 20 inmates from the local jail that came to talk about Billy Ray and how he shared Jesus with their lives. That funeral was three hours long because so many people wanted to get up and say, let me tell you what Billy Ray did to share Jesus with me. And I was sat there thinking, I wish I had known Billy Ray. I wish I had gotten to know Billy Ray. When I get to heaven, I want to meet Billy Ray and hear more about his story because he is like a hero of the faith to me now. What a wonderful testimony. Even though he lived a short life, he shared Jesus with everyone he saw, everyone he knew, and he always had a smile on his face. That was one of the testimonies everyone said. God turned him from an evil, angry, bitter man that threatened the chaplain into a loving, kind, gentle man that wanted to tell everyone about Jesus a hero of the faith. I want us to look at Daniel chapter 1, and I want to encourage you to read more about Daniel. It's just really inspiring to read about his life and how God used him uh, in the, the worst of circumstances. And we sometimes feel challenged even in the best of circumstances, even when everything is going our way and and it, it seems like we have the best of the best and everything we need, sometimes we can become complacent and lazy and not want to get up and do what God wants us to. But I want to challenge you today by sharing with you some of the things that Daniel, and I believe it was given to us as an example, how we can be leaders, as we are teaching, in a, a strong and powerful way. We know that we're, we're told here in Daniel that uh, Israel was taken captivity by Babylon. And they took the, the best of the best men. And Daniel was one of them. And we know about the three Hebrew children. They wanted the wisest, the smartest, the best looking men, the, the best that Israel had to offer, and they took them and said, we are going to train them to serve our king. 
We're going to take everything away from them and make them into new people. They took away their names, gave them new names. They had to learn a new language, a new culture. They basically wanted them to to deny who they were as Jews, as Israelites, and become one of us because you are going to serve us and be a part of us. And I want to read verses 5 through 8. The king assigned them daily provisions from the royal food and from the wine that he drank. We're speaking of the four Hebrews here. They were to be trained for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to serve in the king's court. Among them, from the descendants of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them other names. He gave the name Belteshazzar to Daniel, Shadrach to Hananiah, Meshach to Mishael, and Abednego to Azariah. Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked permission from the chief official not to defile himself. Now remember, Jews were required to eat and drink certain foods that they call kosher, even to this day. They, they have kosher food. They weren't allowed to eat and drink certain things that did, did not fit into their dietary requirements. So when they were practically forced to eat these special foods that the king provided, it went against their convictions, their beliefs, their religion. And Daniel stood up for his beliefs, but he asked permission from the man that was in charge of him, please let me not eat this stuff. Let me eat what we want to because he had consecrated himself to God. He had sanctified himself to serve his God in his way and to be separate from the world. And so the the man in charge of him said, I can't do that. My life will be on the line because if you don't eat what I give you, you will become weak and sick and I'll be killed. The king will put me away if I don't prepare you to serve him. And Daniel says, just give me 10 days. Just give me 10 days to eat only vegetables and drink only water and then come back and check on us. So the four Hebrews ate only vegetables, drank only water, and when their boss came to check on them, they didn't just survive. They thrived. The the scripture says they were 10 times stronger, 10 times better than when they were eating the king's food. Because Daniel had purpose in his heart to consecrate himself to God, to sanctify himself, then God proved himself to to him. And they continued to eat the diet they, they chose. To this day, there's a Daniel fast. To this day, it's become probably a worldwide uh, movement, the Daniel fast. Vegetables and water, you know, do away with the sugar and the, the rich foods, and you will become strong. 
But I love here how we are inspired, we are challenged to sanctify ourselves. He chose to separate himself unto God and put away the ways of the world. And the, the New Testament tells us, sanctify yourself. You make the choice to sanctify yourself. You make the choice to separate yourself from the world. You make the, the movements, the steps, whatever it takes to say, no, I will not partake of the ways of the world. Now, we don't want to walk in, in legalism and, you know, everything's of the devil, but we know by the guidance and the ministry of the Holy Spirit what to do and what not to do, what to partake of and what to stay away from. My pastor many, many years ago used to say, he, he preached a message one time, the church is one step behind the world. And, and you know, it sounds kind of negative, but, you know, it seems like we just get closer and closer to the way the, the world does things and make excuses for it. Well, everyone else does it. Okay, that's pretty much true. The world does certain things. But God has given us standards. God has given us rules to protect us, to keep us strong, just as Daniel, to make us stronger if we will walk in his way and if we will choose to sanctify ourselves, choose to separate ourselves from the world. We're not better than the world. We are just sanctified unto God. We are consecrated unto him to serve him, to prove who he is, that he is a strong and mighty God and that he will be with us. I appreciated what Brother Randy said about uh, laughing and being joyful in the Lord. And that's something that, that we always do as a team. And by the way, Randy, thank you for preaching about the cross. And I was just thinking as he was preaching that, Next year, do you think we could have a cross for Randy to carry up and down here? Let's, let's get him a cross. So when he shares that, I, I mean, I can see it in my mind's eye, but I want to see you. Okay, he'll send us a picture. I want to see a cross in Ghana. I want to see, see a cross to take to the Crusades or whatever, to inspire, not just in teaching about it, but to inspire them. This is the message of the cross. This is the good news. This is what we live for. We're not in, in bondage to the world at all. We are free to live for God and to be joyful and to laugh and to have fun. On the way here, Lauren and I were laughing and and just enjoying ourselves and laughingly I said Christianity is so boring <laughs> because it's not <laughs> it should not be you know I was making a joke that that so many people think I don't want to be a part of Christianity I don't want to go to a church in fact when I came into the church as a 15 year old I asked another teenager visiting a Pentecostal church, what y'all believe in? And she says, we don't do this, we don't do that, we can't do this, we can't do that, we don't go here, we don't go there. Everything was negative. That was 50 years ago, and I still remember I felt cold chills go down me and think, oh my goodness, 
what am I getting myself into? <laughs> but thank God I was gloriously saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit all in one fell swoop at the same time. And God showed me that Christianity is fun. It's not about don't do this and don't do that. You get to serve God. You get to obey him. You get to enjoy the ways of the God. You get to live by the cross and on the cross. You get to share the good news with the world, with everyone we come in contact with. And it should be with a smile on our face. It should be with the joy of the Lord and with happiness. Amen? Amen. I, I just love that we can serve Jesus. I just love that it's fun to know Jesus and serve him and enjoy the fellowship of the saints. Enjoy time with believers. So the first thing here I want to challenge you with is to learn to be consecrated and separated unto God. And then I want you just to read a, a quick Scripture in Daniel 6, 3. Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary, excellent spirit. So the king planned to set him over the whole realm. The administrators and satraps therefore kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom. But they could find no charge or corruption, for he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruptions was found in him. So they tried to make something up. They couldn't find anything wrong with him because he had an excellent spirit. He had integrity, Brother Randy. And by the way, next time you mention adultery, don't point at me. I want to be known as the one who taught about wisdom, not the one who taught about adultery. <laughs> Just getting back at him here. But <laughs> I know you weren't here. But you pointed at me when you said adultery. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's fun to serve God and to, to have fun with each other. It really is. But Daniel was a man of integrity. And all of these leaders, high men in the government, watched him and spied on him and Followed him around, trying to find something wrong with him. Trying to find something that they could take to the king and say, this man is bad. It says they couldn't find anything wrong with him. He was such a man of integrity. He had an excellent spirit. They could not find any charge against him. So they made one up. They just made one up. They tried to sabotage him in every way they could. And the scripture says they could not find anything wrong with him because he was faithful. He was faithful. What an amazing challenge. Yes, I want to be like Sally Scheister and be loyal I want to be a woman of integrity. I want to be someone that can be trusted. I, I want God to see that in me. Yeah. 
But as leaders, we need to see that in one another, and they need to see that in us. Hopefully, they're not following us around and spying on us. But if they see you in a store, if they see you at the hospital, if they see you at someone's home, what are they going to see? What are they going to hear? Hello? (laughs) What are they going to hear? He was faithful. He was a man of integrity. Well, they finally found a way to trap him. They... The leaders kept spying on him, and they saw that he was praying three times a day. So they thought, okay, we got this guy now. So they went to the king and said, make a a new law, a decree that no one can pray to anyone but you, because you are our God. So the king, well, that sounds good to me. Let's go for it. So he makes a decree and it says it was so binding that he sealed it with his ring and um, a signet ring. Thank you. He was binding. It could not be reversed. So the leaders, we found a loophole. Now we know how to get Daniel. He's our arch enemy. He does everything right and we don't like that. He's a loyal man and we hate him. Isn't that interesting? So we know how to trap him. So they go to the king. Say, king, remember this law you made? Remember this decree you made? No one can pray to anyone but you. Do you know what Daniel's doing? And he's the king already has respect for Daniel. He knows he's a loyal, faithful man. They say, he prays to his God openly three times a day he goes to his window and prays toward jerusalem he prays to his god and the king goes ah you know i've made this decree that can't be reversed what do we do now he didn't have a choice so the leaders that were against daniel happily grabbed him and took him and threw him into the lion's den The king himself called out to Daniel, Daniel, is your your God watching after you? Is your God there? He was fearful that, that something would happen to him. Amazingly enough, Daniel says, I'm okay. I'm here. I'm down here. Because God delivered him from the hungry lions. The king was so thrilled He took Daniel, he removed him out of the lion's den, made him a leader. You know what happened to the guys that accused him? They were thrown into the lion's den along with their children and wives. Their whole families were thrown into the lion's den. And the scripture says before they even touched the ground, the lions grabbed them and tore them apart. That's, that's pretty brutal. They never opened their mouths when Daniel was in there. They were hungry. We know they were hungry. But God closed the mouths of the lions when Daniel was in there because he was faithful to God. And, and God's up there saying, I'm going to show these guys something. I'm going to show them who I am. 
Daniel is my man. He's my faithful servant. I'm going to show them. And he did. He showed them who was boss and that Daniel was a, a, a man of integrity, a man of faithfulness, as, as Randy was teaching as well. Integrity. What is integrity? It's acting. Now I can't remember what, how. Uh, integrity is acting when you're not around people. How does that go? I can't, it slipped my mind. What you do alone when no one is looking. I'm sorry. Yes, that's true, true integrity. If you're doing righteousness when you're, not a, when you're alone, when no one is watching. Sorry, I got that so mixed up. It's easy when we're among believers to put on the right clothes and to say the right things and to walk the right way and to smile even if you had a big fight with your husband on the way to church. But, oh, bless you, sister. I love you so much. And then turn around and say, Oh, my goodness, she drives me crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But integrity is the way you are when, when no one is looking, when no one sees, and you're still walking in righteousness. You're still walking in the way that God wants you to. And that's what God calls us to. And Daniel, my goodness, all day, every day, people were watching him and seeing that he was a man of integrity. He made no mistakes in his, his righteous life. And the last one I want to share with you, Daniel 6, 5 says, well, I read this, we will never find any charge against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. And that was Daniel's discipline. He was so disciplined that no matter what he had to do, no matter what was required of him in Babylon, remember he was in a foreign nation, had to learn a different language, learn a different culture, learn a totally different way of life than he was accustomed to. But he was so disciplined that he never forgot his God. He never forgot who Jehovah God was to him. He never bowed down to the idols or to the king of Babylon. Or, or uh, The kings changed as he was living there from Nebuchadnezzar to, I think, Darius, different kings, different leaders. But he was always true to God. He was always faithful to God because he disciplined himself. He made himself. And, and discipline, self-discipline is the only thing that will keep us going in the ministry. Don't depend on someone to call you in the morning and say, wake up, pastor, and go to church. You know, knock on your door. Get up, pastor, and go study. Don't you want to go visit the members in the hospital? That No one needs to be tugging on your, your shirt tail to tell you what to do and where to go and how much to read and to get up and pray. It's self-discipline that we must have as leaders to be pleasing to God and to be an example to one another and to everyone, to the world. 
The, the scripture says the world will believe when they see our love for one another. Well, that's a whole new discipline in itself. That's a whole new discipline is loving the unlovable. And sometimes the ones we fellowship with the most, whether it's our family or our congregation, sometimes they're, they're the hardest ones to love. Oh, go ahead and admit it. Go ahead and, and realize there's some people in your congregation that are always in trouble. They come up for prayer for the same thing every single Sunday, right? There are some people that never even want to get healed or delivered because they get more attention from being sick or from having problems than they do uh, getting delivered, don't you know people like that? Don't you know there are, are people that are hard to love, hard to be patient with? There, there aren't many Daniels in our churches. There aren't many people that say, like Randy that says, Pastor Eddie, what can I do for you? Anything, you, you call me up and anything you need for me, I'll do for you. And Pastor Eddie knows he's telling the truth. There aren't many people in our churches that will do that call you up and say, Pastor, I'm at your disposal. Whatever you need, whenever you need me, count on me. I will pray with you and for you. I will be there any time of the day you need me. We have, a, those, are, those people are easy to love. They're easy to call and say, let's go get some coffee together and talk about Jesus and talk about the work of the Lord. But there are some that you go, oh no, here they come again with the same problems, the same issues. I have been counseling this couple for 10 years and they have the same problems, the same issues. It takes a lot of discipline to love the unlovable, the ones that do not want to change, that have no intention of changing, that have no intention of helping being a part of the work and and most of maybe most congregations are are built of of some of those people that just want to come and sit and get all they can and then just go home and i i try to teach that church isn't about me i'm a part of the church i'm a part of the body but it's not about me i go to church to bring glory to God and to be a blessing to the, to the body. And I believe that that's what God has called us to do. And I believe that's why he puts us in congregations that we know where he has put us. Instead of, well, let me visit this one for a while and see if I like the music. Let me see if the, if, if, Brother Ben can really preach a lick, you know. Let me see if they talk to me and shake my hand and, you know, say all the right things. I don't like that. Let me go to the next one. You know, there are people like that. But God wants us to know in our hearts where we have been planted, where we have been sent, so that we will stick to it through thick and thin, just as Daniel did all the way to the lion's den. Is it going to be easy? No way. Is it going to be fun? 
not all of the time. Is it going to be rewarding? In the end, it will. Not always day to day. Not always will your people come to you and say, Pastor, I really enjoyed that message. I really enjoy that. Let me take you out to eat. Let me give you an extra 10 CDs. You know, let me bless you. Many times they will just walk away shaking their head. You know, oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to know that. That's where it takes discipline to love them and to still reach out to them and minister to them, even when they don't want to hear what you have to say. God wants us to be consecrated. He wants us to be a man or woman of integrity, and he wants us to be disciplined so he can use us, so he can use us in the ministry, so he can use us in the kingdom, so he can use us in the world. As Brother Randy said, we can come to church all day long and, and learn things and be inspired and be, get excited and, and just get full of, of God and just take it home with us. Oh, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that good? And the world never hears it or never sees it. The world isn't going to come into most churches. The sinners, unless they see a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke, they probably won't be drawn into many local churches. They're out there living their lives. We, as a church, have to go out and be the church in the marketplace. Everywhere we go, not many of us are called to carry a cross, and Brother Randy knows that. Not many of us do those kinds of things, but we all carry the cross in our hearts. We all have the cross of Jesus in our hearts. Don't wear it on your chest if you don't have it in your heart. Don't even profess to be a believer of the, of the cross, of the freedom of Christ, if it's not in your heart and if it's not on your face and if it's not on your lips. Because God wants us to live a victorious life, a blessed life, and to portray that to the world. The world has seen too many churches, like my well-meaning friend that said, don't do this, don't do that, don't go here, don't go there. Don't eat that, don't drink, whatever. And they walk away going, don't want to have anything to do with that. Doesn't sound like fun to me. Doesn't sound like any kind of church I want to be a part of. But God has given us the good news. Amen? We have good news. We have good news to give the world. We have good news to share. The good news of the cross. It's all good. Even the, the, the difficult times. And do you, do you know the scripture doesn't say that we might be persecuted as believers? The scripture says we will be persecuted if we are believers. It, it's varying degrees in different parts of the world. If you were a part of the underground church in China or Romania has a whole new meaning of persecution than those of us who live in Christian nations and have so many privileges and so many rights. Daniel was a part of 
of that persecuted life. And yet he never wavered. He never moved. He never made any mistake in his life as a God believer. And I believe it was given in scripture for us. So God would say, here you go, people. Look at Daniel. One of these days you'll get to meet him in heaven. One of these days I'm going to meet Daniel and Paul and Moses and Billy Ray Lollis. My heroes of the faith that, that stayed strong to the end and are uh, in that cloud of witnesses. So we say, we're going to make it too, regardless of, of life and what, what comes our way. We are going to finish strong, not crawl through the gates, not get there by the skin of our teeth, but finish strong. Run the race. The scripture doesn't say plod along and, and walk and crawl to the finish line. It says run the race that is set before you. Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for Jesus and the cross of Jesus that enables us to live for you and to be a part of this work to be a part of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, for inspiring us through the heroes of the faith to stand strong, to stay strong through all of the difficulties, through all the temptations, through all the trials of life. Lord, you teach us that we can be strong and that we can stand the test. Even if it's a test of the lion's den, Lord, you will make those lions toothless for us. Because the, even though the enemy is going about like a roaring lion, he has no teeth that he can sink into us. Because we are overcomers. We are men and women of integrity and discipline and sanctification. And we choose to be faithful unto you, Lord. We choose to walk in your ways. We choose to be men and women of victory and to be overcomers. And we praise you for giving us that strength and ability and the anointing to walk in your glory and to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen.